Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of She. You guys, I am so excited for this one because I've had a lot of questions about this. I shared a little bit of my journey to living more caffeine-free, less caffeine-dependent, cutting out coffee, all of that. I shared a little bit about that on social media and was honestly blown away by the amount of questions I got about it. So many people saying, how did you do this? I need to do it. Where do I start? What did you do first? What, what do you like instead of coffee? And so many other questions. And I think this was significant for me because a lot of you guys know, if you followed me for a few years, you know that a few years ago, I was like so obsessed with coffee that I was like a mug collector. Like I literally had a cabinet full of mugs. I mean, I then got into the more like minimalistic, simplistic lifestyle and decluttered a lot of my mugs and only kept the necessary ones. And then shortly after that, started on a caffeine-free, coffee-free journey. And so it's funny how drastically my lifestyle has changed from a few, few years ago when I was like downing multiple double shot lattes a day and collecting mugs for all my coffee, you know? I want to preface this all by saying I'm going to share some of these details with you. I'm going to share how I cut it out or, well, first I'm going to share why I cut it out. Then I'm going to share kind of a gradual process that I followed. I wouldn't say I followed this to a perfect T because my journey was also intermixed with pregnancy. So like there was that factor where like I was already kind of naturally cutting back a lot because of that. But all of that said, I still did it in a gradual way. So although I didn't follow this plan to a tea, I followed it pretty close. It was very similar. So that's kind of where I'm going to give you some guidelines on that. And then I'll share some of my favorite coffee alternatives and some drinks that I love in place of the coffee that I was drinking to the endless degrees before. So let's dive into this one. It's going to be a good one, but I should preface this by saying, I do not believe that coffee is bad. I do not believe that like drinking caffeine is a sin. I do not believe that we need to demonize coffee. Okay. It's more about, hey, if caffeine or anything in our lives, but in this particular context, if caffeine is something that we have become addicted to or even just somewhat dependent on, that isn't good for our long-term health. And there's some changes we can make to better support our natural energy. Like We should have natural energy and vitality. And I just want to talk through how to kind of get that back a little bit if that's something that you feel like you're lacking. So all of that said... Let's dig into this one all about my journey to living more caffeine-free. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right. So let me first paint a picture of before I went on this journey and kind of what that looked like. Um, So I personally used to 
quite literally live, especially for a couple of years, on multiple double shot lattes a day just to keep my energy up, just to get me through the afternoon. Meanwhile, I think it's important to note that like at that time, I was between the ages of like 23 and 25, which is like super young. You know what I mean? Like I'm not dragging in like 70 or something. Like I was in my youth, like at a time where I should have the most energy and vitality, but instead I was like literally depending on multiple double shot lattes a day to keep my energy up, to keep me going. So kind of what my days look like. I would wake up and have anywhere from one to two strong cups of coffee or a like double shot latte that Matt would make me in our espresso machine. Okay. Then, you know, I would do my workout or whatever. A lot of times I would have coffee on an empty stomach too, which I'm going to touch on in a little bit. But then I would do a workout or something like that. A lot of times fasted cardio, which definitely put my body into a stress state to begin my day. Um, And then I would go, you know, sometime in the afternoon, usually I would either work at home and make myself another double shot latte, or I would go work in a coffee shop for the day. And then I would order, you know, a medium or large latte, usually with two to three shots of espresso. Then I would sometimes have a cup of coffee after dinner, not every day, but occasionally I would have either a decaf or just like a half cup of coffee after dinner. So when I started to look at this, I was like, you know, a shot of espresso is equivalent to like a normal cup of coffee, right? So if I was having, let's just say even two double shot lattes a day, which would be on the more conservative end, but let's just say that was what I was doing. Then I was essentially drinking four cups of coffee within just morning and afternoon. And then if I had any after dinner, that was up to five cups of coffee a day, which is like insane. That's a lot of caffeine. If you actually like add up all the milligrams of caffeine. So The problem, I guess, that I'm trying to say is it isn't that I was enjoying a cup of coffee once a day. The problem was that it was starting to become an addiction or like a dependence thing. And I know a lot of us really enjoy the ritual of having a cup of coffee in the morning. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I started to notice like if I don't have my cup of coffee, I'm not a nice human. If I don't have my cup of coffee, I don't have the energy to get through the day. And that's where it's problematic. Like if, if it's if it's something that I just like get up and I just enjoy having and it makes me feel cozy and it's like the ritual of it I enjoy, it kind of is like an enjoyable thing. That's great. But if it's like I get up and if I don't have it, I like don't feel good. I get headaches. I get really grumpy. Like I'm a different person or I don't feel well and my body doesn't have enough natural energy to like get me out of bed in the morning and sustain me. That's where I think it gets a little like that's a little bit of a red flag, right? Again, not bad to get a little energy from caffeine and like enjoy a cup of coffee. But if that's like a you can kind of differentiate, is this just something I like but not necessarily am dependent on? Or is this something that I'm literally dependent on because if I don't have it, I'm a monster and I feel groggy and, you know, brain fog and fatigued and grouchy, like all the things. So anyway, I started to notice that that was kind of how I was starting to behave with coffee in the sense that like if I didn't have it, I was a different person. And that's when I started to realize, okay, that's probably not a good thing um, because if that was any other substance, that would also be highly problematic. And while I wouldn't say caffeine is to the same you know degree of severity as if I was dependent on alcohol or you know heroin or crack or some other like more intense drug, like that doesn't mean that caffeine isn't a drug. That doesn't mean it can't be addictive, right? So it's just important to kind of be aware of the things that we do that we've just so generally accepted as normal in our culture, but that's because we live in a culture that's operating on like, you know, stress hormones all the time and like fast pace and hustle culture and everything. So it's kind of just pausing and reevaluating and saying, is this serving me well? Like, is this healthy for me? Is this actually like 
supporting my natural like energy and vitality? Do I even have natural energy and vitality? And just doing that audit can really help determine like, is this something that is this like a, a lifestyle decision I want to continue making? Or should I maybe make some adjustments to it so that I'm not quite so dependent? So that's kind of the backstory. But before I get into all the how-tos, I want to share a little bit on why I kind of know. So obviously, not only was it the realization that I think I'm pretty dependent on this, but also I was like when I started cutting back on it a little bit was when I first got pregnant the first few times. In addition to that, after I went through pregnancy loss, I started really like exploring my health. I was like, okay, well, I need to do some testing. And so in the midst of testing, when we were testing like immune function and for blood clotting disorders and hormones and all these different things. In the process of that, though, that was, I don't think this was like the cause of my loss by any means. I started naturally getting more insight into my body and I learned I had low thyroid function, which actually can contribute to pregnancy loss. But regardless, I found out I had low thyroid function. And then shortly after that, found out I had adrenal fatigue, which those two things can often go hand in hand. And so there's a lot of debate, I would say, in the medical community of like, is adrenal fatigue a thing? Is it not? Like, is it really a real diagnosis? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. You could find yourself on either end of the spectrum. My point is a lot of it comes down to like, are our bodies operating on stress hormones? And are they to the point where just so taxed? And there's certain things that they can do to measure like, how are your adrenals functioning? And how, what is your metabolic health and your cell health and whatnot? And one of those things is called a Dutch test. Um, and that's an, actually an at-home test. And then I just had a um, practitioner who knew how to interpret it, go through the results with me and kind of help me understand it and give me an action plan. The Dutch test really can help you understand a lot about how your body is metabolizing different things um, in terms of hormones, cortisol. Cortisol, you want like a healthy uh, curve of throughout the day. Like we always think like cortisol is a stress hormone. It's stress, right? Some stress hormones are good, like in the sense that if you like, there's a healthy curve of like, if you land within that curve, you're, it's kind of like your energy throughout the day in a way, not, not quite. But my point is like, there's a normal amount where your cortisol should lie. And then it's like, a lot of times it can either be way too high or way too low. And there's a lot of detail about like cortisol and stress hormones and all that, that I could get into, but I don't want (laughs) to deep dive into the science of it. My point is the way that I kind of found out, like I have signs of adrenal fatigue is through a Dutch test. And that was really informative and helpful for us to see like, okay, my cortisol is barely rising throughout the day, like not even rising to like a healthy level, which is saying, which is a sign that like my body is just tapped, like it's just tapped. And there were a lot of things that I think contributed to that. But because I found that in it, like in addition to low thyroid function, I started kind of digging into like, okay, what are some ways that I can better support my thyroid, my cellular health, my adrenals, things like that. And so that was kind of where I was like, one of the things I'm going to try is to like minimize coffee and really start nourishing my body with like calories and nourishing foods that are providing energy instead of relying on caffeine for energy. I'm going to try to increase my calorie intake and get, you know, a lot more glucose, like healthy carbs and fats and things like that. So that was a big thing. Another reason I cut it out was just because I learned more about its effect on hormones or just like the overall like cellular health, like I said, which can affect hormones. Your thyroid is very connected to your hormones, et cetera. So there's different schools of thought on this. So I'm not necessarily saying one is 100% right or the other. It's more just like being aware of the different ways to think about it. So the first school of thought is that coffee is just like drinking caffeine is 
bad for your hormones, like not helpful. Might as well not, you know, just cut out caffeine. It's going to help restore your hormones. Okay. That is um, something I learned from Elisa Vitti. She wrote Woman Code. She has a brand called Flow Living, which is all about helping women optimize their cycles, understand their hormones, et cetera. I think she's very, very knowledgeable. She's a women's health, women's hormone expert. So she has the kind of that school of thought. And I will link that video in the like show notes for this episode because otherwise it would be hard to play. Whereas another expert that I trust in terms of like nutrition, hormones, et cetera, her name's Robin. She's a dietitian. And she has a slightly different approach where she says like, you don't necessarily need to cut out caffeine or coffee always and forever. But her thought is there's like a way to do it. So I'll link her. She has a video on this too. So I will link that as well. But she has just a way of kind of basically setting, like setting yourself up so that you're not drinking like tons of caffeine every single day constantly, but instead like taking breaks from caffeine um, and kind of having it somewhat not like necessarily every single day, somewhat inconsistently, if that makes sense. So like having it occasionally and that kind of, she has a whole explanation as to how that works with your body and how it makes it so that you don't become dependent on it. And I'm not explaining it well, but my point is there's two different schools of thought. So I will share both of those in show notes if you're interested and then kind of draw your own conclusion. Cause I think there's aspects of truth to both. I think too much coffee. I think what they're both ultimately saying is like being dependent on coffee or caffeine and drinking it every single day in high amounts and too much can absolutely be detrimental and damaging in many ways to our health, especially as women when it comes to our cycles and our hormones, et cetera. I think Robin has a little bit more of the approach that's like occasionally, as long as you're taking breaks from it and stuff, it's going to be fine. As long as you're eating or drinking it with a f- with food and a full stomach, like that's going to serve you better. Whereas Elisa was like, basically just like avoid it at all costs. So you can decide what you prefer. First, I kind of went all the way to avoid it at all costs. I still rarely drink it, but I occasionally will have a treat like a cup of coffee, but not very often anymore. And I'm not, no longer dependent on it. So sometimes you have to like completely separate yourself from something to break the habit and break the addiction. And then you can occasionally like reintroduce it and enjoy it in a way when you feel like, okay, I'm no longer addicted to it. So all of that said, I cut it out because of things that I was learning about my adrenal fatigue and just overall function in that way because I found out I had low thyroid, because I learned more about its effect on hormones, and because I think I was starting to struggle with some anxiety, like sense of it, like just waking up feeling anxious and just feeling like more jumpy, if that makes sense. Um, Not because of caffeine in the sense that like... I think I was feeling more anxious because of life events because I had gone through some really hard things. There were some big changes I was endure, you know, uh, living through, experiencing, et cetera. I don't think I was jumpy from coffee in the sense that I, I don't even think caffeine really had much of an effect on me anymore. Like, you know, if you don't have caffeine for a while and then you have like a big cup of coffee, you're going to feel probably pretty jittery. I would have like four cups of coffee and like not feel jittery at all. It would just like help me from falling asleep while I was working at 2 p.m. Crazy. So anyways, adrenal fatigue, low thyroid function, learn about the effect on hormones and anxiety. But in addition to there, there's some other reasons that you might consider cutting it out or cutting back. Um, in, ad- in addition to, you know, any thyroid issues or adrenal issues or even hormone issues like fertility-wise and whatnot, that's a big thing that Elisa was talking about, which again, I will link that. Um, some other reasons you may consider cutting it out is if you're having trouble sleeping or insomnia and it's kind of throwing off your energy cycle and like your circadian rhythm and stuff like that may, or not your circadian rhythm, but like your sleep patterns, that may be a reason to either cut it back on it or cut it out completely for a while. Anxiety, if you're struggling with anxiety and just feeling kind of jittery and all over the place and extra anxious lately or have been anxious for a while. If you are, this is kind of a, a more cosmetic reason, but for healthier teeth, like if your teeth are stained or you want to try to 
improve your the health of your teeth and your oral health, like something, or also just to break the addiction. Like if you're like, I just really don't think it's good for me to be this dependent on this, that can also be a good reason. Some benefits I have seen from cutting out caffeine include things like improved sleep, improved natural energy and vitality for sure. Like I can get up, I can have a glass of water or some juice or whatever, have breakfast and I don't feel like I'm dragging. I don't feel like I'm grumpy. I don't feel like I have headaches. Like I don't have any of that like, oh my gosh, if I don't have this coffee, I'm going to be a horrible person, you know, or I'm going to feel terrible. So now it's like every now and then, like if we are at my parents' house and we're all like doing a big brunch, I may have a cup of coffee with breakfast or a cup of decaf with breakfast, but I don't need that every single day. I don't use it every day. Probably only have it like once a month, maybe twice if I'm feeling, you know, (laughs) a little crazy. I've also noticed I've had clearer skin overall as a result. I wouldn't say it like coffee alone was the thing that made it clearer. I think it just helped in the process. I noticed better mood. Again, that comes with energy and vitality. I would say more balanced hormones and easier cycles, less period pain, things like that. I never had super painful periods, but if I had to like put it on a scale of one to 10, it was probably like a four before. And now in addition to some of the other lifestyle changes I've made, but like I think coffee being one of the major changes I've made, I would say that pain's like a one or two for a couple hours in the first day and like that's it. So again, like just easier cycles. My hormones have become have become more balanced as a result. And obviously my adrenal health has improved a lot. Cortisol levels are back to a healthy range. So I've seen a lot of improvement. And I think cutting caffeine absolutely contributed to those improvements. I wouldn't say every single improvement is 100% attributed to solely cutting out caffeine because there are other lifestyle changes I have made, but I absolutely think it made a big difference. So with all of that said, I want to share a little bit on a way that you could do this. If you're curious about this or want to try it, a way that you could do this somewhat gradually without necessarily having crazy withdrawals, like minimizing the headaches and withdrawal symptoms that you might have. So First tip is obviously try to do it gradually. And I think something that can really help because this is kind of how I did it. Like, again, like I said, it was kind of intermixed with my pregnancy journey. So it wasn't like perfectly to a T this way. But if I look at like that six month window where I really began to cut it out, it started with reducing the amount of caffeine that I was drinking to about half. Did you know that over 80% of grass-fed meat in stores is actually from other countries? Did you know that the product of USA Tag has actually kind of been stolen in a way? Here's why. Other countries can actually process their meat here after it has been born, raised, and all the things, and then they can label it like it came from the USA when in reality it did not. Because these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. But thankfully, I recently discovered a brand called Good Ranchers, and Good Ranchers is here to put American farms first at the dinner table and support the farmers that work to raise the meat we eat. Several months ago, Matt and I learned about Good Ranchers and immediately wanted to give it a try because, one, we loved their mission of supporting local American farms and ranches, and two, we had heard great things about the quality of their meat, their ground beef and chicken and steak and just the high-quality product that they offer. And so anyways, we decided to give this a try. Loved it. It's convenient because it shows up to your door every single month. You know you're doing something good to support local farms and ranches or American farms and ranches. And it's an easy way to do that, especially if the whole idea of like, okay, I want to support local farms, but where do I even begin with that? And do I need to join a co-op? And what's a herd share? And all the different things that can be a little bit confusing. This is convenient, but super effective way to support local farms and ranches 
eating the meals you need to be eating anyway. And it's super affordable too. That's a huge thing that I love. So if you want to check this out, if you want to try it, go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan. You can get up to 55% off on different boxes. Those discounts kind of vary depending on the different product, but great discounts just on the product itself. Great prices. Secondly, you'll get free shipping. And if you use my code Jordan at checkout, you'll get an additional $20 off at the checkout. So once you go through the, the order process, you'll see that an additional $20 has been taken off. So great prices, great quality, and a great mission. I had to share it with you. Go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan and use the code Jordan at checkout. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' cold K-cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Duncan is where you want to be. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. 
So what I did is I, like, let's say I was having four cups of coffee a day. I reduced it down to two. And then those other two cups that I would have had were either a different drink or just at least a decaffeinated beverage. So best tip to begin is try to remove about half the typical amount you drink for about two to four weeks. So commit to doing that for the next like two, maybe three weeks um, until you adapt and get used to that. So for example, if you drink four cups of coffee a day or four shots of espresso a day, which is essentially the same thing, try to reduce that to two cups. Or I think I think a cup of coffee, if I'm not mistaken, is about 96 milligrams, which is 95 milligrams. Okay. Now let's do in a shot of espresso. A shot of espresso has about 95 or 75 milligrams and a um, regular cup of coffee. If it's eight ounces of coffee, which a lot of us are drinking like 12 ounces, 16 ounces, if you're getting like a grande from Starbucks or something has at least about a hundred milligrams. Okay. So let's just go with cups of coffee for easy math. So You can calculate this however it fits for your typical day. But let's say you're doing four regular cups of coffee a day at about 95 to 100 milligrams. Each one of those cups is about eight ounces. You're not drinking like the massive Starbucks cups. Okay. So if that's the case, then if you drink four cups of coffee a day, that's about 400 milligrams of of, um, caffeine a day. So the goal over the next two to three weeks would be to try to reduce that to two cups or about 200 milligrams of caffeine a day. Okay. Then what you want to do is either split that amount into two drinks so that there's, you know, just two cups instead of four cups, but then you have one in the afternoon and one or one in the morning and one in the afternoon. But you've just cut out two cups of coffee you're, t- you're used to having, whether that's because normally you get a 16 ounce cup and now you're reducing it down to eight ounces so that you only have the hundred milligrams or something else. But my point is like, you want to try to replace the amount you just removed with another yummy caffeine-free drink that tastes like a tree or feels like a pick-me-up that you can enjoy after lunch or in the afternoon or before dinner or whatever, just like you would with that extra cup of coffee you would typically drink, but that now you have removed. Do you want to replace it? I really believe in removing and replacing. So if you're going to remove something, can you replace it with something else? Maybe that's cold-pressed juice or caffeine-free tea or um, lemonade or a smoothie or something like mud water, or, uh, there's something I used for a long time and I still love it. It's, it's spelled P U K K A Puka latte. You can order the cocoa one on Amazon or you can get it at whole foods or wherever you want. Um, but it's like ashwagandha, maca and cacao, which are three superfoods. And so they're blended into like this chocolatey powder basically. And so a lot of times I wouldn't like steam either like whole raw milk or like almond milk or whatever you prefer for milk. Um, I would steam that and then I would blend the puka latte like powder mix into that. And so it kind of gave me the sensation of having a latte, but it didn't have caffeine. I mean, cacao has a little bit of caffeine in it, but not to like the same degree as a cup of coffee. And it was superfoods, you know? So mud water or a puka latte would be a great option or just like a hot cocoa, like a bone broth hot cocoa. You can mix milk, um, a little bit of bone broth, which don't worry, you won't taste a scoop of cacao, maple syrup, a little bit of sea salt, maybe a splash of vanilla, maybe like a scoop of collagen or collagen peptides, something along those lines. Like you can make a really nourishing hot cocoa so that again, you get that kind of like creamy, frothy, chocolatey, um, but not super sweet kind of sensation, but within a mug if you want, but without necessarily all of the caffeine. So those are some different things you could do. So again, let me reiterate. So if you drink four cups of coffee a day for about two to four weeks, I want you to reduce that down to about two cups of coffee a day or about 200 milligrams of caffeine. When you've now removed 
two cups that you used to drink for these two to four weeks that you're going to do that until you get used to it, replace those two cups that you just removed with something else. That's kind of a special treat, yummy drink, whether that's cold pressed juice, something refreshing like that, or a rooibos tea, which is a caffeine free tea or mud water or hot cocoa or something else. Give yourself kind of that pick me up special treat drink that isn't ideally isn't super sugary, but that just kind of gives you Um, something else to reach for and to look forward to. Because I think part of the reason we get so addicted to something like coffee or caffeine is because it's kind of like either the refreshing aspect of it if we're drinking like energy drinks or the ritualistic aspect of it if we're drinking coffee. Okay. So that's what you want to do for like two to four weeks. Then once your body has kind of adapted to that amount of caffeine and that amount of cups of coffee, and you've kind of gotten used to that, then you want to repeat this again. So the two cups of coffee that you're now drinking, you want to cut that in half again so that you're down to just one cup or approximately 100 milligrams of caffeine a day, okay? Again, you'll want to replace the amount that you cut out or that second cup you just cut out with another special non-caffeinated drink. So instead of, let's say you're having a cup of coffee in the morning, an eight-ounce cup of coffee in the morning, and an eight-ounce cup of coffee at like 2 p.m. So maybe you only stick to the cup of coffee in the morning now and you need to replace the 2 p.m., 2 to 3 p.m., you know, cup that you were drinking. Maybe that's where you have a fruit smoothie or maybe that's where you have a rooibos tea latte. So you still get the sense of having a warm, cozy drink, but it's not necessarily caffeinated. Okay. So adjust to that, do that for about two to four weeks. And then if you're happy with that and you're like, okay, I'm down to just one cup a day. I feel good with that. I no longer feel like I am like, you know, completely dependent on it. That's great. You can stop there. Or if you're like, no, I really want to get to a point where I don't need it at all. And then it can just be a treat or something I enjoy occasionally. Then repeat this process again after you've adjusted about two to four weeks later. So this can take anywhere from six to 12 weeks, which is totally fine. It's better to do that than to, I mean, you can go cold turkey and see how you respond, but a lot of people don't do well with that and then just never actually make any reduction in their caffeine intake for any long-term amount of time. They might do it for a week and then be like, this is miserable and go back to what they were doing. So I kind of think it's better like slow and steady wins the race. So you can repeat this this process again after you've adjusted to that one cup or whatever the amount is where it's like the second time you've reduced your amount in half. After you've adjusted to that, I would say repeat this again about two to four weeks later. And what I mean by that is to cut, let's say you were drinking one cup of coffee a day, you want to cut that down to about half. So let's say a half a cup, which would be about 50 milligrams, give or take. And then let yourself adapt to that and enjoy your other non-caffeinated beverages when you're getting a craving or wanting to have more coffee or wanting an energy drink or something. Reach for the cold pressed juice instead. Reach for the hot cocoa instead. Reach for the rooibos tea instead. Then you can repeat this process again until you get to the point where you don't even need your morning cup of coffee. And now you wake up and you're having a few ounces of warm water with a little bit of lemon or you are um, getting up and having some cold pressed juice or you're having a half cup of coffee with full meal, et cetera. Like that's really going to help you feel better and have more natural energy from food sources and, you know, have more vitality overall. So a few tips to make this smoother and just kind of best support your energy and your body throughout this process if you are going to gradually cut things down or completely cut out coffee like this or cut out any sources of caffeine like this. A few tips to make it smoother. One, try to get a full eight hours of sleep every night. If you have a baby right now, you have a pass. Like <laughs> this is may not be the season to do that. Maybe let it get to the point where your baby's sleeping a little bit more consistently through the night and then start doing this so that you don't feel discouraged. Like I tried to do it and it didn't work. I didn't have the energy. So 
when you can, try to get a full eight hours of sleep every night. And this really comes down to creating a good morning and evening routine and sticking to your sleep times, like your your good your bed like your bedtime. Like, don't go to bed at one a.m. one night and then nine nine a.m. or nine p.m. and then eleven p.m. Like, try to stick to like a ten thirty or eleven o'clock bedtime and sleep a full eight hours or whatever bedtime fits your schedule when you have to wake up in the morning. So, try to get a full eight hours. I would say start with some like warm water or warm lemon water in the morning just to kind of support your digestive health. That's like surprisingly a really beneficial thing. I kind of doubted it for a while, but now I'm like totally hooked on it. So that's a really great way to start your day and just kind of get your digestive system started. And then another thing is when you do drink coffee in the morning, especially as you are like, if you are addicted to coffee as well and you're cutting down, don't drink coffee on an empty stomach. Here's why. It is or it is more common than not to have a low appetite when you wake up. Like, But here's the thing. By the time you wake up in the morning, you've already been fasting for like the last eight or nine hours, however long you've been sleeping, plus any time before that if you didn't eat right before bed. So by this point, your glycogen stores are going to be pretty depleted and your body will need some fuel. So if you skip breakfast and then consume coffee on an empty stomach, you're going to negatively impact things like your thyroid and your metabolism and things like that. So it's beneficial to try to eat within about 30 minutes of waking up. And if you're not super hungry, start by implementing something small. Like doesn't have to be like a huge meal, but just eat a little something and then do that. Like if you're going to have any coffee, like try to make sure there's some food in your stomach too. That's just something I've learned a lot as I've dug into like pro-metabolic and supporting our metabolic health and our thyroid and adrenals and all that is so tied to our metabolic health. So that's just a way to drink coffee in a way that's going to best support your body and adrenals and thyroid and all the things. So keep that in mind. And I can share more info on that in like a couple links and stuff in the show notes because I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole, but that's just a quick tip. And then try to make sure you're getting energy from food calories, like calories equal energy. So make sure that you're eating enough. Um, My friend Fallon has a great quiz on her website that helps you see how many calories someone of your size and activity level, et cetera, should probably be consuming on a day-to-day basis. The thing is like so many, and I learned this recently, like so many of us women are under eating and don't even realize it because we've been trained for like our entire lives to think calories are bad, minimize your calories, don't eat too many calories, carbs are bad, don't eat too many carbs. And then we're not getting enough energy from the source that we're supposed to be getting energy, which is food, which is carbs, which is glucose. And so therefore we turn to things like energy drinks and caffeine and sugar and like, you know, anything that just is going to give us a quick hit of energy. And so not that sugar is bad, but you know what I mean? So this is where I think we start to become dependent on caffeine when we should be getting the majority of our energy, if not all of our energy from the source that we were designed to get it from, which is food. So make sure that you're eating enough. I will try to find that quiz and link it here as well if she still has it up because that's really helpful. But most of us should be eating at least 2000 calories a day as women, if not more, especially if we're pretty active. So don't let calories scare you. Get your energy from like real whole nourishing food sources. Um, Also, I would say try to choose a lot of nourishing and and restorative foods, things like bone broth, collagen, gelatin, quality carbs like potatoes and sourdough and things like that. Your body and cells naturally run on glucose, not coffee. So give them sources of glucose like, like, you know, healthy carbs and things like that. And you'll slowly begin to repair your natural energy instead of relying on coffee, especially if you're really prioritizing quality sleep. Okay. Last but not least, let's dig into some coffee alternatives because this is probably the number one question aside from how do you cut out coffee or cut back on caffeine without withdrawals. So let me, this is the number one question I get asked in addition to that. So 
Again, the goal is not to demonize coffee. It's just to break the dependency and support our bodies so that we have natural energy and vitality. Okay. So again, caffeine can be a drug. It can be addicting. So while I still enjoy the ritual of coffee and I understand why so many of us do, you know, as a special drink in the morning or mid afternoon, I still like to go on coffee dates with friends or work in coffee shops. But now with kind of a low caffeine lifestyle, pretty much no caffeine lifestyle, I've had to find other drinks that I like so I don't end up defaulting to coffee every single time and then get addicted again. So let me give you some cold options and I'll tell you if it's low caffeine or no caffeine. And then I'll give you some hot options, which also can be low caffeine or no caffeine. I will specify and then we'll wrap up. Cool. Okay. So some of my favorite cold options or cold drink alternatives are cold pressed juice, which is no caffeine in that. Um, a smoothie or shake, like if you do like a fruit smoothie with banana and like frozen berries and maybe a scoop of protein or collagen, that has no caffeine. I also recently discovered something called Revitalize. It is like a pack. It's great for on the go if you're looking to support your minerals um, and your natural energy. This is from a company called Modere, which has a bunch of different health supplements and different things like that, like collagen and things like that. So the Revitalize, it's like a packet of mineral support. And so it's great for on the go if you don't have time to make uh, like full-on adrenal cocktail or something. I just put it in water. It tastes like berries. It's great. It has a blend of 70, over 70 Sundance Sea Trace minerals. It has Shilajit, which I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but it, that is like, Shilajit is like the coolest thing. I've been looking it up, into it recently. And it basically, let me read you some of the benefits of it because it's kind of like, I mean, it can function as an antioxidant to improve your body's immunity and memory. It can be anti-inflammatory. It serves as an energy booster. It's just, it's if you just like Google health benefits of Shilajit, which is spelled S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T, it's fascinating. So anyways, that's in this like mineral powder. And then it also has seven crucial micro and macro minerals. So it supports metabolism. It enhances energy naturally without caffeine. It encourages hydration all of the things. So it's really good. I love the taste of it. So I recently discovered that. I'll link that in the show notes. Adrenal mocktails are great. So that's like a mix of, I have a adrenal cocktail um, like powder. It has potassium, vitamin C, and sodium. So again, mineral support. I will link that as well. Um, but I will do like a scoop of that with either orange juice, a little bit of like coconut cream, which like the canned kind, I do like a tablespoon or two of that. And then I'll do like a little bit of sea salt, sometimes like some vanilla, just like a little mix of vitamin C sources, fats, healthy fats from like coconut or coconut cream or whole milk, and then sea salt, and then blend all that up. That makes a really good adrenal cocktail kind of tastes like a creamsicle. But again, that's a little bit more involved. Like a lot of times I need like a blender for that. And if I'm just like on the go and I'm like, man, I need some minerals, I need some energy support, but I don't want to take any, you know, down any caffeine, I'll just grab one of those revitalized packets. So it just depends on how much time you have. But if I have more time and I'm just hanging out at home, I will make an adrenal mocktail. Another option. So all of those are no caffeine, no caffeine. Another cold option would be a matcha latte. So matcha does have some caffeine in it, but it is a type of green tea. And so yes, green tea does contain some caffeine. So this is going to be helpful as you're trying to like wean off of caffeine and slowly reduce the amount that you're drinking every day. All of that said, matcha caffeine levels can equal about half the level of a black cup of coffee. So again, let's say you are like, okay, I'm down to one cup of coffee a day. I've done all this like having over the last, you know, I've been cutting it in half for the last four to six weeks or four to eight weeks. So I'm down to one cup a day. Now I'm ready to cut that in half. Maybe instead of cutting it down to four ounces of coffee from an eight ounce cup, you go, I'm going to have a cup of matcha every morning because that's about half. So if you like the flavor of it, 
that may be something to consider. Um, okay. Then when it comes to, and again, that can be cold. I like those cold, but that can also be a hot alternative. So that's lower caffeine. Okay. Not no caffeine, but a lower caffeine option. Some hot coffee alternative beverage, beverage options would be the bone broth hot chocolate I mentioned, which is no caffeine. I mean, again, cacao or cocoa has like a little bit of caffeine in it, but I don't know if that really counts to be honest, but anyway, um, <laughs> bone broth, hot cocoa, barely any caffeine, if any rooibos tea lattes, great, no caffeine, make that with like some steamed milk, you know, honey, etc. That's great. Especially if you get like a vanilla flavored rooibos or something that kind of is creamy and delicious, a golden milk latte, which is made with turmeric, really great for anti-inflammatory properties. Again, no caffeine, a chai or chai tea latte, Again, that's similar to matcha where it's going to have, from my understanding and everything I've looked into, it definitely has a lower caffeine content than like a shot of espresso, but it's still got some caffeine in it. So that's just a lower calf alternative, but it's still going to have some mud water. This is something that a lot of people recommend. It's mushroom coffee, which sounds really gross, but I've had it a couple of times. It's actually pretty decent. So it's not actually coffee, but it's kind of like a coffee-like flavor. It's got a lot of the same properties and whatnot. So that's something to try that does not have caffeine. And then, like I mentioned, the puka latte, that's what has the ashwagandha, the maca, and the cacao. It's like that powder. If you get the, they have two different flavors. I think maybe they have more than two, but I always see two on the shelves. I usually get the cocoa one. Again, a little bit of caffeine in the cocoa, but nothing crazy. So those are just some different coffee alternatives. If you're like, okay, I want to remove this cup of coffee that I have in the afternoon to at least cut my amount of caffeine in half, but like, what do I replace it with? These are some really good options. So to wrap up, you can do this. I just want to encourage you, like if this is something that you have been interested in doing or feeling like you want to do, you can do it. Slow and steady does win the race. And I just want to encourage you with what life looks like now. So before, again, like I said, I was living on double shot lattes a day, depending on that for energy, et cetera. And now it's like, I occasionally have, you know, a decaf or I'll make a latte with, you know, like maybe one shot of espresso or decaf shot of espresso just to like get the flavor profile and enjoy it. But I no longer need it. I'm no longer addicted to it. I don't wake up thinking, where's my coffee? And I can enjoy it freely. Like it honestly is surprising how like free I feel to where it's like, I can enjoy it when I feel like it. I don't need it if I don't want it or if I'm not in the mood, like, which is most of the time I no longer feel like, I need coffee, which is such a freeing feeling. When there's anything that you wake up feeling like, oh, I need this, other than food, because that's like what we were designed to do and what we were designed to be fueled by. But like anything that's outside of that, where it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to collapse if I don't have my coffee or my bang energy drink or whatever, that's, a, that's something to pay attention to, you know? And it can be really freeing when you take your body through this process slowly, you do it at a pace that is sustainable, and you get to a point where you're like, wow, I feel like free of this. And now I can just enjoy it occasionally with a brunch with a full meal. And I feel good when I have it, but I don't feel jittery. I don't feel dependent. It's truly like such a freeing feeling. So I hope this encourages you. I hope this gives you a little bit of a roadmap or a place to start. Obviously, it's not like to the nth degree of detail, but I just wanted to give you kind of an overview of like why I did it, a way to do it, kind of the general way that I went about it and how I did it and how you can implement this in a gradual a uh, sustainable way and get to a place where now, like hopefully at some point you no longer feel completely dependent on it and you start to restore that natural energy and vitality you 
need and are made to thrive with and that you are very capable of having. So again, if you're going to do this, make sure you're supporting your sleep. Make sure you're getting a lot of good quality carbs and calories from nap so that you have natural energy and your body is energized by the source of fuel that it was made to be energized by, which is food. If you have any questions, email us, drop them in the comments on the blog post here that, the, that will go with this episode or reach out via social media and we will try to answer all of those. But I think I covered it in quite a bit of detail here. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup Pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.